You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. So one of my early episodes of this show episode 10 to be exact, was with a longtime friend and stress and resiliency expert, as well as a multi-time best-selling author, Dr. Pam Peek. We talked at that time about how past trauma can lead to more severe symptoms and a more challenging menopause journey. That's because stress and trauma literally change your DNA, which can have lingering effects. She implored women to learn more about adverse childhood experiences at acesconnection.com, and to do everything in their power to inject joy and inject adventure and inject badass and a sense of empowerment and control in their lives. This week's guest, Athena Farias, embodies just that. Athena has been a personal trainer for 20 years and a running coach for 12. She has a master's in exercise science and health promotion and she's a graduate of Dr. Stacey Sims' Women Are Not Small Men and Menopause for Athletes courses. She's also a badass athlete in her own right. She's run 16 marathons, including five Boston qualifiers, seven ultras, countless half marathons, and numerous obstacle races, earning many podium finishes along the way. But as she explains during this interview, you can't outrun your trauma, especially when you hit the menopause transition And some of the demons you've been running from start to catch you. I don't want to give too much away here because Athena tells her story way better than I do, and I'll let it speak for itself. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. You can find more about her and her services at marathontrainingacademy.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Before we get to it, just that quick reminder that you can find us at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. We have that private ever-growing Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group where you can come in and join the discussions. If you have ideas for the show, want to hit me up, you can find me at hitplaynotpause at livefeisty.com. And as always, thank you, thank you for the hearts, the reviews, the five-star ratings. We are going big into 2022 and your support makes it all possible. I would also just like to take a quick moment to thank our new sponsor, NutriSense. I cannot say enough about how much I've learned wearing a continuous glucose monitor. We get all these messages about how bad carbohydrates are. And you know, when you wear one of these, you can see that that's just not true, especially when you eat whole food carbohydrates with fiber as part of a meal that includes fat and protein. Anyway, it's really eye-opening and I appreciate their sponsorship. Speaking of sponsors, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you've heard me and many of my guests talk about how the hormonal changes that come during menopause can lead to insulin resistance and carbohydrate sensitivity. That all means that it's harder to keep your blood sugar at healthy levels. And unchecked blood sugar makes it hard to manage your weight and body composition and can pave the way for diseases like diabetes and heart disease. Plus, optimizing your blood sugar is also important for exercise performance and recovery. The problem is, it's really hard to know what your blood sugar is doing at any given time. Until now. 
With a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, which is just a quarter-sized device that you wear on your arm, you can see your blood sugar in real time and adjust your exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle to help optimize it. I have been testing CGM technology for the better part of a year, and I have learned a ton about how my pre-race meals impact my performance, how to fuel myself during exercise and recover afterwards, how poor sleep and stress really negatively impact my blood sugar levels, and how sitting down to a relaxed meal, no matter what I'm eating, is so much better for my blood sugar than wolfing down even a healthy meal on the go. I've come to believe that everyone could benefit greatly from having these insights, so I am super excited to announce that NutriSense CGM program has come on as a hip play, not pause sponsor in 2022. With the NutriSense CGM program, you get the sensors and you get professional support to help you dial in the diet, exercise, and behaviors that work particularly for you. Each CGM lasts 14 days and each subscription plan includes one month of free support from a registered dietitian. And I really love that. They were there to answer questions before I even thought to ask them. And if you're already knowledgeable in this space, they can provide more advanced tips and recommendations so you can find what works for you. The CGM program also comes with a super easy to use app, which helps you track your data, understand your glucose trends, log your meals, see your macros break down, and much more. The app also gives you an overall score for each of your meals based on your personal body's response. NutriSense also provides a private Facebook group where you can go in and share your experiences and find support from other members. It's all awesome, seriously. And if you're worried about putting on a CGM sensor because it is a little fine needle that goes into your arm, don't. Seriously, the first time I put one on, I braced myself for what I figured would feel like a shot. It was more like someone flicked my arm with their finger. Totally painless. So don't let that get in your way. You can take advantage of all of this. Get these insights right now by going over to NutriSense.io slash HitPlay and use the code HitPlay, all caps, one word, for $30 off any subscription to the CGM program. Again, that's NutriSense.io slash HitPlay. Use the code HitPlay, all caps, one word, and get $30 off any subscription to the CGM program. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Check it out today. I've got an exciting announcement from our sponsor, Prevenex. Their Joint Health Plus product is back in stock. They got hit by so many of the issues that many companies are facing today, supply chains and labor shortages, and they also weren't willing to cut corners on their testing protocols. So it took longer than they would have liked to get it back in the store, but it is there. As anyone who has listened to me for more than three seconds knows, I love this stuff. I have mobility in my toe joint again. It doesn't wake me up in the night. It doesn't hurt when I'm running. It's amazing. And I've heard from many of you who are reporting the same including one woman who wrote, I was skeptical, but this really works. I trained daily, heavy lifting. My fingers, toes, ankles, elbows were achy. After two weeks, I can't feel any of that. It's remarkable. I agree. And I dug into the ingredients and they're legit. Eggshell membrane, which contains collagen and glucosamine, chondroitin, and hyaluronic acid has shown significant benefits in early research. And the other ingredient, 
Boswellia serrata extract was found to be even more effective than glucosamine in some studies, according to examine.com. So head on over to Prevenix.com and check it out. Listeners of this show can get 15% off their first time purchase using the code HITPLAY, all caps, one word, at checkout. Again, go to Prevenex.com, that's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com, and use the code HITPLAY, all caps, one word, at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. If you don't like it, the company offers a 100% money-back guarantee on all their products within 30 days, no questions asked. Again, just use the code HITPLAY, one word, all caps, at checkout for 15% off your first-time purchase at Prevenex.com. Okay. Well, Athena, thank you so much for joining us. Like, I, I sort of found you almost by accident. I was searching for coaches who, you know, who worked with women in this demographic and just some stuff popped up and I was like, this one looks so interesting. And then the more I read, the more I was like, I want to call her and have her on the show. And I learned that you knew about the show. So it was just really exciting. So um, thank you for joining us. I think um, this is a good conversation. Yes. Thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm so glad to be on this show. I mean, like I said, it's, uh, I, I learned of you through Dr. Sims and, yeah, and, you know, I've been kind of sharing your podcast with my athletes, you know, cause it's, you know, stuff that many of our female athletes need to know. Excellent. Well, thank you. Mutual admiration here. Um, there is so much about your story to unpack and that I want to dig into, but I think that the best way is to start actually at the beginning because where you come from definitely informs where you are today, I believe. Like, um, and it's, it's heavy. You know, I, I read that you had a traumatic childhood and in that story, it was in Marathon Training Academy, I believe it, it described, you know, that your parents had quite a violent relationship and, you know, where your mother once tried to shoot your father and then said your father held a knife to your mother's throat, went on to say you were kidnapped briefly during custody battle and you suffered sexual abuse as a child. And that is a lot. Like, that's a lot, a lot. And, and we can talk about as much or as little as of that as you want, but I just thought it was like so important. And I was so, I was so grateful when I read that, that you were so transparent and open about that story. Cause I grew up with quite a few girls who were sexually abused, you know, and, and their parents even knew it or their family knew it. And it was just kind of, you know, brushed under the rug, like families didn't talk about that stuff and just like stay away from uncle Jimmy, but like, you know, crazy things, right. Crazy things. And some of these, some of them found a way out and found outlets, but a lot of them didn't. And they ended up in abusive relationships. They ended up pregnant at 13. You know I mean? It it just, it can be so hard to find outlets and find your way out when, especially when you're that young and, you know, so you found running but but I'd love to know, like, if you could talk a bit about when you recognized that your life was radically different, perhaps from, you know, in like in an unhealthy way and how you found that outlet. Yes. Um, so I was I know I was really young. I was around five, um, you know, when all this craziness that I started, you know, remembering or, you know, as an adult remembering when all this stuff was happening, you know, from my parents fighting me, hiding, 
under a piano t- uh, bench. Um, like my uh, father was cheating on my mom. And so I was the outlet because I was young and my dad didn't think that I would um, recognize what was going on. So my mom would be like, oh, where's your dad? And then I would be like, oh, you know, and I'll show them. There was even an incidence of a car chase and we wrecked. Um, my mom was chasing my dad. He had like a little civic Honda. My mom was in this Bronco and it was me and my sister. And of course, my mom saw my dad with the mistress and um, the, the chase started on and we were in. Oh, my God. The vehicle. You were in a civic. And are you we, in the Bronco? We, we were in the Bronco. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> my dad was in the Civic. Um, but and then, of course, back then, no seatbelts. Right. So totally. Like, You're in the backseat walking around the car. Yeah. And so, I mean, there was there was a chase and, you know, and we um, I remember at one point we uh, hit um, we we're going through like an alley and there was a big metal piece um, sticking out and it hit the window and it shattered and I have scars all over my face because the windshield shattered. Oh my God. Um, and then we, we ran into like a, one of those gas that, you know, the pumps where it has the cement block. Thank God we ran into that. And I mean, just the things that I remember, you know, um, and it's so funny because, you know, at the time that this, these things are happening, you think it's the norm, right? You don't think it's, anything other than this is just the daily living, right? You don't recognize it. Um, shortly after that, that's when I was kidnapped. Uh, my mom had a friend. I was my first day of an, at a new school. I was, you know, five or six years old. And I recognized my mom's friend and she's like, oh, I'm here to pick you up today. And, you know, I'm like, okay, da, 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 you know, because they didn't have all the, you know, the security that they do now. Right. So, you know, then I was gone for a couple of weeks and then. Um, Why did she you know, take that, you? Huh, my, my mom uh, had my friend take me. And so, because my dad had one custody of me. Oh, okay. Right. And so then my mom, I mean, it was just chaos. I mean, it was so, you know, I don't remember all the ends and I just totally. remember being, like, this is so fun. You know, I'm like hiding, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't know. Didn't You're a kid. You have no idea. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, it got really bad and, you know, cops were looking for me. And so one day she just, my mom dropped me off um, at the house. And then, you know, I was in second grade and my mom kicked me out. Somehow, I, was, I guess my mom had me um, back and I was going back and forth between the homes for many years. And my mom kicked me out when I was in second grade and literally put all my stuff out there. And I waited for hours until my dad came. And, you know, my sister um, was just there, you know, she was at the window, just making sure nothing happened to me. You know, and all these things, like I said, you don't recognize them, you know, it's just happening to you. And um, as an adult, when I started, everything started kind of compounding on me and I started realizing this is why I don't have a lot of memory. Like I don't remember teachers. I don't remember some people that I went to school with. Like my, I was able to shut off a lot of memory and um, which is really sad, you know, because sometimes I'm like, how do you remember like your teacher's names or, you know, I had a friend recognize me in Austin and I had no clue. She knew who I was. We went to school, elementary, middle school together. And it's like my memory is wiped clean you know like I don't even recall and I feel I feel so bad sometimes um 
but that's one of the things I learned in therapy, right? Like your brain protects you. That's how it protects you. And um, was protecting me until a lot of different things happened as an adult. <clears throat> there was a lot of stuff. I, I was sexually abused um, around five or six and then around eight or nine by some neighborhood neighborhood kids, um, boys. And, you know, you kind of just, like I said, you just suppress it somehow, some way so you can survive. And that's what my I did. Um, around 12 um, is when I found running. So I wanted, I was having a really bad day or I just needed an outlet. I, I wanted to die, right? I wanted to just die is what I felt like. I just wanted to get out of my situation. So I left my apartment and I, I walked out and I just remember running. And one thing about my dad, um, he was very active. I remember going to like 5Ks with him. He played softball, those type of things. So I'm assuming that's kind of what somehow kind of embedded in my, my brain and, you know, that, okay, I'm going to run, you know? So for whatever reason, I just, I went and I ran and I was gone for hours and I just ran and ran and ran because I was just trying to get this anger and all these things that were probably kind of coming out, but I was kept suppressing. I'm like, don't come out. Right. Um, and during that time of running, I just remembered feeling free. Like I knew things were going to be okay. Like I just knew like everything just, it was calm. I was, I felt serenity. I felt peaceful. Um, and again, at 12, I didn't know what all this meant. Right. I didn't. Um, so then I went back home and I remember when I opened the door, it was late. Um, my dad was just sitting there. He didn't say a word. He just, I guess, was waiting for me to make sure that I got home and I, I went to sleep. And you know, you don't talk about these things. I didn't talk about it with anybody until really, really long time. Um, and so I'm so thankful that I chose running because that was my drug of choice. You know, my friends at that time, you know, uh, middle school, they're, you know, trying all kinds of drugs and drinking. And I know like um, some of my family members, you know, they, some have been incarcerated and they were alcoholics. And I, at that age, I knew I didn't want that. And it was so weird um, that I didn't choose those pathways. Um, I just knew I didn't want to be, not to be me, but to be them or to have the, the issues that they were You didn't having. want to be on that path. Right. And so I'm really glad that I chose running any into high school. Some of my friends, they would, you know, make fun of me or, you know, they would drive and, they, you know, they were driving and I'll be <laughs> running, you know, um, yes. it was just an outlet. The, my coaches um, at the different middle school and high school would always like come to the track team. And no, I wanted to do it for me. Like I wasn't in sports in high school or middle school. Um, so you just ran on your own. Football. Yeah. I just wanted to be, it was for me. Like it was mm -hmm. my time to just, be. And again, I didn't realize that it, that's a healthy way of expressing the things that I was going through. I was just doing it right. Like I was in survivor mode um, and just get through each day. That was, you know, my whole um, teenager life. And, um, you know, thankfully, at, at, like at five years old, I knew I wanted to get out of Lubbock and that's where I was born and raised. And I knew I needed to get out of there. And at 19, I, I was gone and I haven't gone back since um, I go back to visit and it's real hit and miss, you know, cause I go back <laughs> home and 
it it brings up way too much that I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm, um, there's so much to unload and unpack that happened. Um, so I just, I go really quick and I come back. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, so then you, at some point in your later twenties, find marathoning. What is, what does that look like? Oh, so I've always ran. And so I was, um, running, I used to run a lot at Bally's Total Fitness. You remember them? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I remember this gentleman who's become a really good friend now, Jose Niguez, and he would run on the treadmill all the time. And so we just started talking. This was around like uh, 98 to 2000. And he started writing. Um, he was a marathoner and had won like the Austin Marathon, um, which is about 90 minutes away from San Antonio. And uh, I guess around 2001, um, he started writing in one of the local newspapers a a plan. And he's like, hey, have you thought about running a marathon? I see you run. I'll be running on the treadmill. And I'd never done any races, like no 5Ks or anything. And so the marathon was my first race ever. (laughs) So I was like, go big or go home, I guess. (laughs) Um, So I just started following his little training plan every Mm -hmm. week. He would put what to do. And so that's how I kind of um, came into that. And at the same time, I was doing my internship um, with USAA for my bachelor's, which is exercise exercise sports science was my um, undergrad. And so I was a health and fitness um, expert there at USAA. And my mentor, she was a marathon runner. She had all her medals and her bibs, you know, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And so kind of just those two um, meshed and I was like, let's do this. And so I remember grabbing my Walkman, you know, and just <laughs> heading out and cotton, you know, I don't oh, know yeah, cotton. I was wearing <laughs> um, very similar to when I was 12. I think I was wearing like pro wings, I think from Payless or something. I don't even remember what I had like cherry cloth shorts. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, and I remember wearing just like not even drinking water, like totally not understanding the whole concept, but I was going to school for um, exercise sports science and kind of learning all the ins and outs. And um, so, it, and I was hooked, you know, I was like, this is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. To, to not only be able to have, you know, running already felt good, but then you have like people with you, <laughs> you know, doing this. People cheering for you when you're actually yeah, at the event. I met some really great people over the years, you know, and they become your running tribe or your, your fitness family, you know, and, um, you know, you gain a lot of support. And I think that's where I gained a lot of my strength to be able to share my story because you keep it in, you know, like you don't tell people like, it's just not something that everybody already has burdens going on and things going on in life. And you don't want to add to that. Um, but as you, as you learn, like it's, it's a good and healthy way to release and help and help you grow and acknowledge some of those traumas. Because again, like I stated um, in the email about like running has never failed me. I failed it um, when you just abuse it because um, it can turn into a negative, you know, people always think it is best to go with healthy eating and um, which actually for me became disordered eating, you know, um, in my early twenties and on top of that with exercise, you know, it's a bad mix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I have a couple of questions there. One, one is pretty simple. How did that first marathon go? And then, oh. I, then I'm curious, like you did mention that you had felt fallen into like what they used to call female athlete triad syndrome, which is now like relative energy deficiency in sport. Right. So yes. I, I, I want to sort of unpack that, but first, like, how did that first marathon go? It went pretty good. I think it was a little over four hours. I think like four twelve. Oh, yeah. And I that's felt a decent good. First and marathon. I, think, you know, I don't remember drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm like, cause I remember seeing the water stations because that's my, I didn't know what to expect. Right. Like those are the things I was just following the training plan. I didn't ask questions, you know, um, and I just remember just running. And uh, when we finished, um, it was the San Antonio Marathon and they had uh, rice and beans, you know, at the finish. And I was just like, oh, this is so strange, you know. Um, I was sore for a couple of days, but I was definitely hooked. I was like, when's this next race? And I think I signed up for one the next. Um, and that was like in November. And then I ran the Austin one in um, um, February. I was like, I wanted, I wanted that feeling of just, mm-hmm. you know what it is that, it, I don't know, the accomplishment. And um, the other thing is like, uh, <laughs> you kind of, it's the hurt, right? Um, mm. It's hard to explain, but yeah, uh, it's just. Is that how you got into ultras then? Because that seems like a very natural transition um, yes. from the marathon to ultras, especially people who have something to run from. I, I, yeah. I mean, that is, that is the ultra community is, is rife with people who have, are running. He has dealt with yeah. a lot of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very raw. And I've always, um, and at 16, I picked up strength training. And so I've always been, um, an athlete who's done, um, the running aspect and strength training. And then I started doing yoga in my twenties. And so I've always kind of done those three. And then I got into, um, kind of like um, some adventure races Oh wow! Um, and, you know, the Spartans kind of came mm-hmm. relay races, um, you know, just kind of dabbled into a lot of different things because you're kind of wanting that next marathons was not giving me the outlet, right. That I was needing because you want more, right. You want a little bit more punishment, so to speak. Um, because again, it, it, it just becomes, uh, it's just not enough, right? Like it wasn't covering, I wasn't realizing that <clears throat> running became a therapy for me, but I didn't realize that I thought I went a little bit beyond that. And so looking for more, looking for more ways to kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> just um, my next fix, so to speak, to give me that endorphins, the adrenaline. Um, Cause that's when I felt more calm and more in control of um, what else was going on inside my mind and body. And so uh, I got to, got, you know, do like gladiators and the Spartan Tough Mudder. Um, and it's just another way to, for myself to push myself outside my comfort zone where I like to be. What were the ultras that you did? Were they trail ultras? Um, the trail ultras I've done, I've done um, the local ones here in Texas, the Franklin Ultra. I've done the North Face. Um, I actually did the last North Face that just um, happened in 2019. Um, and then um, just, I'm trying to think of all Tejas trails I've done. Um, so from uh, Polidora Canyon, Sky Island, 
they're all ones here local. The only one that I've um, done outside are uh, the Grand Circle Trail Fest, which is a three-day festival of trail running in um, not, um, Zion, Grand Canyon, mm. Bryce Canyon, gorgeous places. Oh my God, yeah. Um, so yes. So, oh, I, I love it. And, I, and, and then of course, uh, COVID hit and then kind of everything shut down, right? So right. I've been kind of um, exploring uh, new challenges. So um, this, um, in 2020, I did the Grand Canyon uh, rim to rim to rim. Oh, wow. And I kind of split it in two days um, because during that time, the the reservations were still closed. So I didn't know, you know, I didn't want to put a strain on anything, um, but there was a ton of people, but it was amazing. Um, and you've got to have the crazy friends that join you. So one of my good friends, Veronica, she's like, let's do it. And she's done almost every challenge and, and adventure um, race with me um, over the years. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So when did you realize that you were, you had uh, energy deficiency, the, the red S? Red S. I was uh, 21 years old. Okay. <laughs> I was in class in my exercise physiology class. And we were talking about amenorrhea and female athlete triad syndrome. And I was just like floored because I had gone to a doctor um, and told them, you know, I haven't had a cycle in three years, you know, um, and so they were just like, oh, you know, well, you're healthy. It's normal. You know, like they never told me that this was not normal. And of course, I loved it. Right. Um, I was 12 percent body fat again because of that disordered eating and too much exercise. Right. Because I was uh, fueling the fire and didn't know it. Um, I would eat very healthy, very clean um, all the time and was exercising like a mad woman all the time. And plus going to school and I had my daughter. Um, and so, uh, when we were talking about that in the class, I, after class, I went and I spoke with my professor and I'm like, Hey, you know, I haven't had a period in three years. And so she connected me with the, um, uh, our clinic on campus and then they connected me with uh, um, OBGYN here in San Antonio. And thankfully, the, the, the doctor that I found, I've been with her since, um, was very receptive um, to my issues because, you know, that's one thing you've got to, being a female athlete, you got to advocate for your health. And you got to, you know, your, your body is not like the general population at all. And so, you know, she stuck it out with me. I mean, it, it took it took a while um, for me to get back on track. You know, they tried, they were going to do hormone therapy and I was like, no. And so, of course, I, I did a lot of research, which there was very minimal research um, 20 years ago on this. And so, it was, you know, what I did find was like, you know, soy and making sure, you know, upping your calories and carbohydrates and all this stuff, which is very scary when you want to be in control of something. <laughs> um, but I knew um, from just the, the, the class and my professor was really very knowledgeable and very understanding, very helpful, um, was, you know, strongly was like, you need to get this, you know, on, on track because it will have implications down the, the way. And sure enough, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, there's a fun stuff going on, but um, you know, it, my doctor had put me on birth control and we tried di three different types. And so I started researching because I was having, uh, once I got my cycle back, 
Then I was bleeding for like six weeks and then I'd have like three days off and then another six weeks. I literally had a breakdown in CVS. Like I was like, I am, I called her and I'm like crying in CVS. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And during that time I had researched on, um, you know, um, birth control and low body fat. Cause I only had 12% body fat. Um, and I was, you know, there was some um, research. So it was just like, it's not going to, in the hormones need fat in order to be <laughs> right, you know? And so she finally was like, okay, let's get you off. Like we'll stop. And for six months on after that, then I, I normalized. Um, but man, like, to, I mean, you have to really fight and advocate for yourself um, when you're, you're not the norm. And it kind of happened with other things, you know, they thought I had a heart attack, but again, I did research and I'm like, the EKG is not set for athletes. <laughs> and so again, you just go through all these things. So I spent a ton of money, um, you know, on healthcare when, you know, it shouldn't have been, it's just little factors like that, that can affect you when you're um, not the average population, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, that's, that's why we're here on the show, actually. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. As listeners of this show know, we talk about some pretty uncomfortable topics. So I am stoked to have a new sponsor on board, Bonafide, who is helping women find relief from a very uncomfortable topic, vaginal ginas. As estrogen declines, those delicate tissues can suffer, making everything from riding a bike to having sex uncomfortable, if not outright painful. Bonafide is devoted to helping women find solutions to symptoms like this that are related to the menopausal transition. One product that I can tell you works like a charm is Reverie. It's an easy to use vaginal insert that rejuvenates vaginal tissue and replenishes your body's moisture so you get relief from itching and burning and also greater overall comfort and improved intimacy. A few of my guests have recommended it. I have tried it. It works. Bonafide also has a host of other products, including a new probiotic supplement that is formulated to promote a healthy vaginal microbiome. You can give Bonafide products a try today. There are no hormones and no prescription is required. You just get quick, real relief. To get 20% off your first purchase when you subscribe to any product, go to hellobonafide.com and use the promo code HITPLAY, all caps, all one word. That's hellobonafide.com, B-O-N-A-F-I-D-E, and the code is HITPLAY, all caps, all one word, for 20% off at checkout. And I'll also put a clickable link in the show notes. Check it out today. Like many of you, I try to eat well, train well, take the supplements I need, and track my recovery, sleep, and progress. So imagine my surprise when I found out I had elevated blood sugar, high cortisol, out-of-whack lipids, and was borderline anemic. Yeah, all while I was racing well and feeling actually pretty great. Turns out, all of my training stress was taking a hidden toll. How did I find out? Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a service that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. 
and their blood tests also include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part? They don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. And I've taken those actions myself and have been improving those markers and ultimately my health. So for a limited time, my friends at Inside Tracker are offering my listeners 25% off their entire store. So go to insidetracker.com slash feistymenopause to take advantage of that offer. Again, it's insidetracker.com slash feistymenopause. I can tell you it works. Speaking so speaking of, let's watch, you know, fast forward, you know, you're in your mid forties now and perimenopausal. Um, you had mentioned in a conversation that you were glad that you had taken, you know, menopause for athletes and Stacy's other course, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Stacy Sims, that is women are not small men because they helped you manage the symptoms you were experiencing. I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, what were those and, and what sort of adaptations have you made at this point? Okay. So about, I guess about 18 months ago, I started noticing um, my cycle was changing. I was having, you know, one or two um, days, which was really abnormal for me because I finally got into a night, a 28 day almost cycle um, and pretty five to seven days. And then I was like, oh, this is strange. Um, I noticed anxiety. Um, uh, you know, I was, I've always been a pretty a uh, calm person. I mean, type of personality for sure, but like, you know, I can handle a lot of things and I noticed like things were setting me off pretty quickly. Um, sleep, um, oh, insomnia, um, the latest, you know, in the last few months is the hot flash and the cold <laughs> flushes and the night sweats waking up and sweat. Yeah. Know? I had those like a sprinkler system. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is happening? <laughs> my hair is all matted to my head. Um, you know, so thankfully, you know, I had uh, heard about uh, Dr. Sims and I read roar and then I took this, those classes. So it really, really helped kind of um, give me some direction and know that I'm not alone and know that these um, these little episodes or symptoms will get better because I don't think I I think it would have made my anxiety more. Um, I did ask my mom when she went through um, menopause and it she had a horrible horrible time. You know you know the same thing with the you know depression um, anxiety all those t- type of things. So I you know I knew that I was probably going to have those same uh, symptoms and. Like I said, the last couple of months, you know, the depression, you know, I usually can shake things off. Like I'm, you know, something happens and I'm able to kind of snap back and be okay. But now I kind of just stay in a low and I I am like, I don't like this, you know, but you're trying everything you can um, to kind of get yourself out and you can't, right? Like you just got to let your body kind of go through these things. And, but in the you know, it's a lot of self-talk knowing that you're going to get through this period. And it it was like three or four days where I was just like, I can't shake this depression. Like no matter, I just couldn't. And I had, I'm using the wild AI app. Mm. Um, So it, that really, really helps. It helps (laughs) Um, you track things. That's the app that helps you track. track You know, and I'm not taking the adaptogens um, to kind of help mitigate some of those um, 
hormone responses and symptoms from the perimenopause. I'm curious what your impression is. You know, I did a whole show on adverse childhood experiences with Dr. Pam Peak, and you know, there's been quite a, a body of research showing um, that the higher your ACE score, you know, how many, which I imagine your score is very high, right. um, <laughs> uh, is linked to severity of menopause symptoms. You know, and I'm 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 curious if you feel like the trauma of your past is is sort of bubbling up in in some of these ways. And yes, um, a lot has happened. Um, you know, I I notice where I'm I'm remembering a lot more. Th- things as I'm in this age, um, these last few years, um, and really trying to, you know, kind of understand what's been going on and definitely the trauma. Uh, and that, that could be associated with the depression because, you know, on a daily, you know, I suppress for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, it's like, they're just kind of Pandora's box keeps wanting to open. And I'm like trying to keep, keep it where I can manage the the trauma um do you still see a therapist i don't see a therapist no i i went to i went to therapy for about a year and i, I didn't feel it was for me and it could be that it didn't um uh you know just kind of overwhelming um because everything it was so intense right like oh there's a lot and there's a lot more. I mean, there's a lot. Know, I don't, I, I know how like nothing. And I think there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm like it. So I, I mean, it did help. And I, I use a lot of different uh, techniques and I do, you know, I'm not very good at meditation, but um, you know, I just understand. being able to uh, take time and to reflect and listen to music or um, I like, you know, just reading. Um, I love research and I like reading through research and that's kind of like my, my outlet along with my running, but like I stated earlier, you know, with, um, you know, you know, going beyond and pushing my body to where I had stress fractures, um, and different issues, um, you know, bone injuries and things like that. Like I really had to find other ways to, to manage it and cope with that because you can't outrun. You think you can, you think you can, you know, 50 miles is my limit. I don't, I don't, I don't have any desire to do a hundred, um, but you know, you, you're always looking for that lit. So I, then another thing I started doing was getting tattoos. And so that's <laughs> another way to release pain. Um, and so, you know, finding just other ways to, to manage it and, you know, going back to these, uh, the um, symptoms of uh, perimenopause is, being able to take a step back. And I think using the wild AI app, understanding that I needed to make some changes with my training has helped because, you know, I like to go hard all the time and knowing that that's not going to be beneficial for me at this, in this phase of my life helps. It is scary because you're having to let go of the hard and the fast, um, like I told you this past year, you know, COVID kind of was a blessing in disguise because it helped me take that step back because I didn't have races to sign up for. I found other things, you know, like I said, I did the Grand Canyon. Um, I started um, advocating for um, some different laws here in Texas that we don't have the um, three feet uh, rule, which is, you know, how for cyclists. 
cyclists, runners, and pedestrians. I've yeah. had four friends in the past two years that were killed by <gasps> a hit and run. And so, you know, on top of that, like, so all these things, like all these things happen. Like I said, the trauma doesn't stop. <laughs> it's like, there's so many different things, but I find ways that help me cope. So I did the Goggins challenge in March and I ran for Is that 12, the running the four miles. Four every... miles yeah. Every four hours right. uh, or 48 hours. So I dedicated the 12 to um, different. Uh, the, the last four were definitely for my friends and the other um, were for people that had in Texas that had um, been killed in a crash, a hit and run or something, runner, cyclist. Um, and so that kind of helped me cope with that. Like I said, I'm just trying to find different challenges since I don't have races. Um, I kind of did that and, you know, it, it's just different things. And I, again, I'm trying to figure out how to um, make it where it's going to be beneficial to others um, through this. Cause I mean, like I said, I, I, with knowing I need to kind of make a change with my training, I had to find other ways to uh, put that energy. So, so is the biggest change then giving yourself more rest? Is that what I'm hearing? Rest and understanding that you can't go hard every day. Um, So, you know, making sure that I'm doing, um, and while the AI app has been so great, because if I didn't follow that, I would just, you know, be lost and clueless. <laughs> I mean, I would do the same thing that I'm used to, right? I would, you know, lift heavy and then go run hard and run hills and run sprints and all those things. But knowing and, you know, tracking, um, you know, with your uh, your heart rate and making sure that, you know, you're staying um uh, you know, you're rested, you're, you're sleep, you know, with your REM sleep, you know, make, you know, really tracking all those variables because they do help, especially in this phase of life, because it, you know, it's not going to make anything better. It could make my symptoms worse. And I think that's, I've been able to control that. Um, again, I'll reiterate, yes, it is scary to let go of those things, um, you know, because you, you want that feeling, but, being okay that I can let that go because I know, Oh, it's going to be beneficial to my overall health and help me control these symptoms because I don't like feeling anxious. I don't like feeling um, depressed and staying in that low mood um, because I usually, I'm a generally happy person and, you know, you know, go, go, go. Um, But that does change as you, you, as you get into this phase of life where um, your hormones are all over the place and, you know, you're trying to find an outlet and trying to make sure that you're still have some way to uh, release some of that energy and help you um, uh, decompress from life stress. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for myself, I know I feel like if I let go and allow myself that time, I feel better when I do want to go hard or when I'm do, do something else. Right. I don't know if that's been your experience. Yes. Yes. And you, and you'd realize that I realize that as a coach too, but again, sometimes coaches are not the best totally. <laughs> to follow the lead, <laughs> just like doctors and nurses. Right. Um, but you're like, Oh, okay. Now I know I can get out of that gray zone and go hard when I really need to go hard, totally. And, you know, understanding these easy days and then back to with, with nutrition as being able to understand that, you know, having pre uh, a pre-fuel and pre-post-fuel does help, you know, Makes really does help you. 
um, overall and you feel better and you're not having those lulls, you know, in the middle of the day. So that's something that um, I've been really trying to improve on is making sure that I'm getting that fuel, that protein, um, you know, because again, that's another thing that we don't want to lose control of. Right. So we yeah. just, um, just having that, uh, the knowledge that gained and, oh my gosh, when I learned about Dr. Sims and Roar, um, like I was like, where were you 20 years ago? You know, And I'm sure many athletes, you know, to this day are still, you know, saying those to you because I mean, we didn't have that. We didn't have the resources that we have totally. now to know that number one, this is all normal and natural. We should be talking about it. And, you know, it's okay to talk to your athletes about these changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've this past, you know, year and a half, I have implemented asking, you know, what's, you know, are you pre-menopausal, peri, post, because it's very important. And then asking the hard questions, are you having a normal cycle? Those type of things. Did you end up with low uh, bone mineral density from your bouts of uh, amenorrhea? I, I think, I mean, since I've had a couple of stress fractures, I'm assuming, yes, I haven't had a DEXA scan, yeah. but um, I, I'm pretty sure that I did a lot of injuries. <laughs> like I said, uh, iron, I had um, um, low iron. They wanted to do iron mm. fusions um, for a while, but I was able to uh, mitigate that by making, I, I was trying to go plant-based and that did not work for me. Um, and so I had to start eating. I don't eat anything with four legs, um, but I eat chicken and turkey. Um, and that's pretty much it. And I tried to do a lot of, uh, legumes, nuts and seeds and things like that. Um, black beans are like my main source. It's my favorite black beans. (laughs) Um, and so that really helped with my iron. I do have to take an iron supplement, um, every day. Uh, to make sure. And actually I did some, I'm with inside tracker now, because again, every, every resource that I have, I'm going to try to use not only for me, but for my athletes. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, I actually got on the, I, I can actually see my ferritin levels. No, it's <laughs> nice. right? There's, there's nothing to show. Um, so it was very, very awesome to be able to see that, that it, it does help. Very, very, very cool. So as a coach, you, uh, do you work a lot with women in this demographic? Yes. Yes. I have a, a, quite a few females that are within the stage of life, either, um, right before it or perimenopause or postmenopausal. And so again, I think most female athletes were, we're pretty much the same type A, and they don't want to um, make those changes. It's very hard because, you know, the deed load weeks are very hard, uh, you know, to have an athlete not understand. And, you know, you give them all the information, the whys and the benefits. And again, some are really hesitant to let go of that. Um, and, you know, even with the hard evidence, you know, so you've got to, you know, each athlete is different. So, you again, if I, my main thing that I tell them is, making sure they're having that pre and post fuel um, because that will help in so many ways. And a lot of athletes um, don't fuel, you know, I was an athlete that didn't fuel for really long, even before 50 milers, I wouldn't eat (laughs) breakfast. You know, I would use tailwind and, you know, a spring or whatever um, was at the aid stations. 
but you know, before a race, I would never fuel. And and so these last 18 months or so, I've been, you know, having to experiment again and tra- training the gut to get that fuel. It in. is a little harder with the running. Like yeah. running, yeah. running makes it more difficult. Like you can eat a pizza on a bike, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's pretty easy, yeah. but running is, running is less forgiving. I mean, it's, it's understandable yeah. to use like a, t- like a liquid nutrition, like a tailwind or something. Yes. That, I, yeah. I like tailwind. I was like, yeah. this is awesome. So I've been a tailwind user for like five years. Um, but again, I think that's the main thing that I try to get across to the athlete um, that are going through perimenopause or postmenopause is just making sure they're fueling and then, you know, kind of giving them a little bit of what they're wanting and used to and understanding that sleep is the next factor. So mm-hmm. nutrition and sleep. And then we kind of um, manipulate the training so that it, they're not going hard all the time. And again, getting them out of that gray zone is very, very important. Um, yeah. And each athlete is different. You know, like I have some athletes that, you know, can go hard, you know, for three weeks and then can get a good recovery and, you know, no change in their performance or, you know, continuing to progress and things like that. And then some that we need to make that adaption and go into the two weeks and a deload. So, I mean, it just depends. And then making sure that they're doing the recovery. Um, You know, some people like to go seven days a week and again, then getting them to understand that, you know, it's okay to have that one day of recovery of play or do something that's going to feed their soul. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Or if they're mission oriented, sometimes I'm like, let's work on technique, you know, like let's work on some like that kind of stuff. Like you're still accomplishing, you know, you're still taking steps towards your greater goal, but you're giving the other parts a chance to build back up, which is, you know, what it's all about. Yes. And yeah, definitely. And that's what I keep, you know, you got to reiterate is the, the rebuilding changes as that's what that's what the training's for (laughs) you know you train like and then you make your gains when you let it soak in but you've got to let it soak in it's so hard we're all guilty of yeah oh yeah most definitely I know and I'm just like am I following lead and so I you know that's when I got the wild AI app and I was like I've got to take the reins and if I want to my athletes to do something I need to be able to implement it myself Mm -hmm. and um you know there's days that are harder than others again because um, running has been my outlet has been my therapy for so long. So, um, being able to be okay with other ways to help me deal with my, the trauma. And like I said, I think these last couple of months have been, uh, a learning experience for me because I've never felt, um, this way, you know, like the, the depression or the anxiety, um, and thankful, and you got to have support. My husband is pretty good, and he's very understanding and helps me get through those moments. Um, you know, to get you're going to be okay. You'll get through this day. You'll get through this day. It's gonna. It's just a symptom. You know. Have you found something besides running that takes that edge off, at, at, even close, even remotely close to what running does? No, (laughs) not that, not that close. Um, Like I said, I kind of just dived into um, taking courses, expanding my knowledge. That's kind of like what I've done. And then, like I said, I've been, you know, took on the advocating for um, uh, the Mm -hmm. three feet rule. 
Um, so that does take some time. You know, I went up to Austin and uh, testified and, you know, like, it's just like doing these things. Um, it helps um, me get through some of the things that um, uh, I've gone through in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're, you've shared so openly and so honestly with us. I, I, I know it's going to help a lot of people. It, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to express on the show? Um, well, like I said, you know, we, there's so much going on in and around uh, the world right now mm-hmm. and being able to uh, know that you're not alone in this, right? You're not alone. And I think that's really helped me, you know, uh, when I, when I am in a state of just anxiety or depression, um, just kind of taking a step back and looking outside of myself and kind of breathe and know that you're just going to get through that moment and know that this is a phase of life and it's not going to be like this forever. And, you know, it does of, get better on the other side. That's good to know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, you're just got this fogginess sometimes around you and you're just like, you're, you're not understanding, but like I said, with the knowledge, the more knowledge that you have about the signs and symptoms and, you know, the things to expect you you know that you'll get through it. If I, like I said, if I didn't know this, I mean, who I think I would be a wreck. Um, but it's just knowing, like, okay, I'll, I'll review some of the things you know in war or you know in my my manuals from the courses that I took and go in and dive into the research. The link that you sent me the other day with that uh, the research with the ACE, you know, I was just like, oh, this is fantastic, you know, because it was making sense because I was trying to figure out why I've been why it's so much harder to get out of these depressed, depressive states. Because like I said, I, you know, something happens to me and I've always been real resilient. And I was like, why, why is it feel like work? It shouldn't be feel like work when it hadn't, but now I understand like now putting those pieces together and saying, okay, this is just part of that, the trauma and the, uh, perimenopause, those are coming together and being able to get through it. We're all here for you. Well, that's our show. Join me next week when I sit down with the one and only Leah Goldstein. Man, what a tremendous conversation. Leah, for those who don't know, won Race Across America outright that's against men and the women last year and her life could and should be a movie she was a world kickboxing champion by age 17 served in the elite commando division and special forces of the israeli military became a professional cyclist at age 30 came back from one of the most horrific crashes in pro cycling history i could go on and on and we do next week So just come on back for that one and hear all about it. Until then, as always, you know what to do. Stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active performance-minded women. 
I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.